Welcome in to another episode of the Bet the Nerds Fantasy Show. Today is Tuesday, October 13th, and we have some Tuesday Night Football on the docket tonight. Bills versus Titans. Um, I think we already previewed that game on last week's show. If you are uh, deciding who to start in that game, you can go back and listen to that show to get some insight on that. Um, but we have a lot of stuff to cover today. We got some news. We got Sunday School, the segment we introduced last week. We have Tiltastic, where we talk about our past weeks in fantasy football. And then we have our favorite bops, the flops, the cops, and the drops. Um, let's get right into the news. We all saw the play. Dak Prescott, fractured ankle. And I think it was dislocated. It was gross. I feel for Dak Prescott. I don't know what his future is going to look like. What What do you think about this situation, Will? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's just really sad. He was playing on the franchise tag. He didn't get his long-term deal. And and this is why players want long-term deals. This is why they want the guaranteed money, because things like this can happen. Thankfully, it's not as bad as I initially thought, because apparently he should be back in football shape in four to six months. And that was something that I just didn't even think was possible. So that's great to hear. Surgery went well, but, but, but I, like when fans are criticizing players for like holding out, asking for more money, all this kind of stuff, this is why. So, um, just a really sad situation. I hope the Cowboys take care of him. He's done so much for them. He's been underpaid for so long, but just a really, a really tough thing to see. Yeah, and you know, we watched the play. It wasn't like an abnormal tackle at all. No. So... It just like su- it surprises me, and I guess we're lucky that it just this doesn't happen more. You see, like offensive linemen get their legs stuck under running back sometimes, and it does it results in maybe a little ankle sprain, but it's never it's usually not this bad. So uh, this was definitely just unlucky for Dak Prescott. We see tackles like that all the time. Um, yeah. Moving along, Dalvin Cook went left the game early with a groin injury. Tried to come back in, and just didn't seem like he could. Uh, uh, do anything for the Vikings to help him out. He was going to have a career day. I think he had 20 fantasy points in PPR through the first two quarters, and then he got hurt. So, um, Dalvin Cook is supposed to miss next week, and then they have a bye. So, he'll probably just miss next week and then come back after the bye. It doesn't seem like it's too uh, serious of an injury. Uh, but we'll talk about Alexander Madison later. He's probably the number one waiver wire pickup. Um, yeah. Moving on, Kyle Allen will remain the starter in Washington. This whole game just pissed me off. I am an owner of Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin in multiple leagues, and it was clear that Kyle Allen was just better than Alex Smith. Yeah. Yet, like, Ron Rivera rode the Alex Smith train. Alex Smith, like, 8 for 15 for 36 yards. I don't know what Ron Rivera saw that made him keep Smith on the field. They they had, like, eight sacks. It just didn't seem like Smith was ready for NFL action. Like, Allen just looked like a way more mobile, uh, down-the-field passer, and I'm glad for my options that he's going to be the starter moving forward, but it was really appalling to see. He was medically cleared to return to the game. He suffered a mild concussion in the middle of the game, but he was medically cleared, and they just didn't bring him back in the game. He, like, maybe he wasn't medically cleared, but the announcers kept saying that he was. What did you think about the situation in Washington? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, it was awesome to see Alex Smith back on the field. That was that was a great scene with his wife in tears, his kids there as well. But but he should not have remained in the game. Like, Kyle Allen wasn't playing great when he was in, 
but he was playing better than Alex Smith was playing. Like, if you're going to keep a guy on the field over the, the starter, they have to be playing super well, and he wasn't. So uh, I don't understand that move. I'm glad Allen's starting again, but I, I did enjoy seeing Alex Smith out there. Yeah, and then just a quote from Jason Lockenford about the Washington situation, the quarterback situation. Expect Dwayne Haskins to be traded. Uh, I feel like you talked about this last on the last show, but this is just like what what do we want to say more about the situation? Run Vera has no trust in Haskins anymore, and it, like I don't even know if they're gonna get anything in a trade for him. Yeah, I I don't know what the what they want to do at quarterback. Um, they're not a good team. They're gonna have a bad record. They're gonna have a pretty early draft pick. So um, I I assume they've already given up on him and. If you're going to get anything for Haskins, now is probably when you're going to get the most for him, but I don't expect them to get more than third fourth round pick. I have a question for you. Ready. Dwayne Haskins or Josh Rosen? Oh, Haskins, and it's not even close. Don't, <laughs> do don't do it like that. Do you think Haskins can start for another team in the NFL? I think he can. Do you think he will? Um, I hope so. I mean, I think he has the talent. I mean, it's not like he's surrounded by a bunch of weapons in Washington, so... Um, th- this is a dysfunctional franchise. I think anyone that is in this franchise and doesn't do well should at least get a shot somewhere else because, I mean, this yeah. team is this We've franchise seen, is moribund. Just as a fan of the NFL and an analyst, I guess, we have had too much news about the Washington football team over the past six months, right? right. I feel like they're in the news every week. Um, let's move on. Falcons fired GM and Dan Quinn. This is a move that is three years in the making. I don't know how it's been this long, and he still had a job. Um, but do things get better like they got better for the Texans and with Bill O'Brien being fired? Um, I mean, long-term, it's going to depend on who they hire, obviously. Short-term, I guess it depends on who becomes the interim head coach. I don't know who it's going to be. It might be Dirk Cutter. I, just, I have no idea. Um, Dimitrov, the GM, He's always been great at assembling offensive talent, but he never really prioritizes like scheme fit. He's kind of just like a guy who just tries to acquire a bunch of good players, but they never really end up gelling together, especially on defense. Offensively, it doesn't really matter because he just gets great players and it works out. And they always have a good offense. But defensively, you see they always they have good guys like Deion Jones. They've had Keanu Neal. They've had Grady Jarrett. They've had good guys on the outside like Trufant for, and Robert Alford for a lot of years. But it just never seemed to work on defense for that team. Uh, Dan Quinn's a defensive head coach, and he he could just never get that unit on to to play together. So I think that's the driving force, but why this why this duo was fired, and I don't know what to expect going forward. They need to find someone that can that can fix this defense. Yeah, and then mo- moving on, uh, Baker Mayfield suffered a rib injury. It's said to not be serious, but he got an MRI after the Colts game. I think he'll be okay. Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll, I don't think there's much to cover there. We'll just move on to Sunday school. So in Sunday school, again, we both have two takeaways. We saw this week, um, the Miami Dolphins should be taken seriously. You know, they blew out San Francisco. No one saw that coming, but that's just, I don't think that was a fluke. Well, maybe a 43 to 17 was a fluke, but Miami Dolphins winning the game, I don't think is a fluke. Um, last week against Seattle, they stayed in the game the whole time. We thought it was going to be a shootout that the Miami Dolphins defense would just be torn apart. But they've gotten healthy over the past few weeks, and 
They look like they could be like we used to think of the Miami Dolphins in the same category as we think of the Giants and the Jets, like just the shitter of the league. But that's not who they are anymore. Sorry, Will, to tell you that the Jets are a shitter of the league. But what? <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's definitely it's definitely su- somewhat surprising to see the Dolphins playing this well. Um, going into the year, I was like, this defense has some potential, especially their secondary. A lot of talent there. Um, was worried about their front seven. Still a little worried about their front seven, but they're playing better. But like on my waiver waiver wire column this week, Preston Williams made it. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was on it, and this Dolphins defense made it. Yeah. First time a defense made my column. Like this Dolphins team is legit. Um, they're they're being competitive against some good teams. They beat the Niners, and now they're gonna have the Jets next week, then a bye, then the Jets again. So. Like they get the Jets twice, twice in a row. So are you gonna roster them through the bye? I am, <laughs> of course. Like like this, this Miami, def- like yeah, like there's legit fantasy options on this team. You can start Preston Williams. He's a solid wide receiver three flex kind of guy, and honestly, Devontae Parker in certain matchups can be as well when he's when he's when he's healthy. So. Yeah, like, this is a legit team, and you're right. They should definitely be taken seriously. All right. Um, they do not have the Jets after the bye. They play the Rams. But Are you sure? Yeah, th- they have Jets again in Week 12. Oh. Unless there's that. some COVID scheduling change. Oh, so, I think that that might have been a COVID scheduling change because they were initially scheduled to play the Jets twice. Okay. I, um, I, think, I, I think with the Patriots having their schedule moved around, that may have affected the... Gotcha. All right, yeah. what is your first takeaway? Uh, Don't touch this Colts passing game. It's it's just not... There's no... First of all, don't trust Phillip Rivers. P-Riv! No. He's, he is not playing well. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, not consistent. The tight ends... I, I like Ali Cox. He's a, he's a good player, but you can't trust him consistently. Like, the only guy on this entire offense you can trust is Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I mean, this, like, this is a really good Colts team, but... No bona fide top options in the passing game. They have a great defense. They like to run the ball. I like. Th- there's just no way I'm ever gonna feel comfortable starting anyone on this offense. Like I don't care who gets injured. They could have like injuries to every single player on their offense except for Zach Pascal. I'm still not starting Zach Pascal. Like it's it, it's just it's really really ugly. Um, they were this was a good matchup against uh, the Browns' pass defense, and it, they just didn't get anything going. So. Yeah, not going to touch anyone in the Colts. All right, my second takeaway. Trade away Kenyon Drake. Capitalize on the touchdown. So he had 18 carries, which looks great, but he only had one catch. This backfield has completely shifted to be basically a 50-50 timeshare, and Chase Edmonds is the leading uh, receiving back, and he's great. He had five catches for 56 yards, five catches two weeks ago as well. So, I mean, I had Chase Edmonds in my bargain plays, and I had him on multiple uh, DraftKings teams. He He scored this week. Um, I think that, like, Kenyon Drake, you're just going to keep starting him. And if you if he scored the touchdown, you're going to fall into the trap of starting him. And when he doesn't score, you're not going to you're not gonna win. So it's just trade Drake if, if some owners want him because he scored. I don't think that's that difficult to see. Um, moving on to Will. Yeah, so second takeaway, this Raiders team is really, really good. Uh, I know they they lost the Patriots, and they lost one other game. I think it was to the Bills. Those are not bad losses, 
So they started off 2-0, lost those two games, and they just beat the Chiefs. And I know a lot of people are going to look at this game as a fluke, but this Raiders team is really good. They're secondary, a lot of talented players, a lot of depth. Um, they run the ball well behind that powerful offensive line, and they have weapons in the passing game. Like Obviously, Darren Waller is great. Oh my god, Henry but, Ruggs. But now Henry Ruggs, he's back healthy. I mean, he only had two catches, but he had two catches for 111 yards um, and a touchdown. So uh, there, there's game-breaking weapons in this passing game. The run, the run game is legit. And uh, there's just there's really no weaknesses outside of their some, some depth issues on their front seven. But this, this is a really good team, uh, and I think we're going to see some more fantasy options blossoming in the next couple weeks. Yeah. All right. I mean, Derek Carr, was, he's going to be in the Bob section for sure. Um Moving on to Tilt-tastic. I'll start with how my week went. So, if Jonu Smith outscores, or if Derrick Henry doesn't outscore Jonu Smith by 18 points tonight, then I go 3-0 and in my main leagues, in my main three leagues, which will be nice. Um, in one of my leagues, I had the highest scoring output of anybody this season, 166.2 points in full point PPR, uh, on the backs of Mike Davis's 29.9, Calvin Ridley's 21.6, and Travis Kelsey's 24.8, and nobody scored under 10.2 on my team. That was T. Higgins. So it was just a nice week. That team's looking really good. 3-2, and two, but I have the most points for in the league. Um, how about you? How did your week go? Yeah, like similar. I had a lot of success this week. Uh, I will need Stephon Diggs and Jonu Smith to combine for at least 26 half PPR points, so hopefully that happens. But... It's it's not gonna affect me. I'm still gonna win in my league, but that Michael Thomas drama was just absolute BS. Like, they announce it on Sunday after I've already uh, put in other guys, or after I've already, after the other guys that would have played over Thomas have already played. Um, they're like, yeah, he punched his team and he's not gonna play tomorrow. I'm like, what the hell is this? And so I had to play David Moore, who put up an absolute goose egg. But thankfully, I'm still gonna win that game. But that was that was frustrating. Was David Moore the only tilt you could go to? He was the only person I could go to. <laughs> Everyone else was owned. Wow. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the bops. Patrick Mahomes in here as usual, 340-2, and two, another touchdown on the ground. Ryan Fitzmagic, 350-3. and three. Were people scared to start him against San Francisco? I was a little scared. Um, yeah. Like, you can just start Fitz until yeah. he loses the job. Um. Gets the Jets this week. I think that's a fine start. He probably won't have as dynamic of a game because they're going to be winning the whole time, but he's going to throw two touchdowns. So he'll be good for your team. Um, yeah. Justin Herbert, 264-4. and four. It, Okay, I saw a meme today that the Chargers just had to get Justin Herbert uh, acclimated to the way things are going to be around here, and that sucks to hear as a Chargers fan, but it's true. And it wasn't <laughs> Herbert's fault that they lost. Um, he was a great, he was, we're going to get, um, to one of his receivers later on, but Herbert is, looks like he's just going to be a top 15 quarterback play every week with the throwing volume and the lack of running game that they have now that Austin Eckler is gone. Did you like what you saw from Justin Herbert? First of all, yeah, he looks great. Um, I'll be the first to admit I've been a doubter for a while, but he's, we both have, we didn't see this at Oregon. No, absolutely not. But he looks great. Um, I think the Chargers should find a way to give some award to the doctor who punctured Terod Taylor's lungs. Um, might have saved saved uh, Anthony Allen's job. Who knows? But 
yeah, Herbert looks great. This Chargers offense looks dynamic. And in games where the defense plays well and performs, Herbert's going to not turn the ball over very much, and he's going to put them in situations where they can win the games. Yeah, and I like I, I'm definitely on the I like Anthony Lynn side. But yeah. the play calling on that two-minute drive where we had to throw the ball up to Mike Williams in triple coverage for a 49-yard catch to just get into field goal range, <laughs> it just that's just not how it should be. We had 52 seconds and three timeouts, and we ran the ball on the first play of that drive for two yards and wasted 11 seconds and burned a timeout. That's just <laughs> not formula to go, like, to score a field goal. And Badgley missed the field goal. I thought it was going in. It hits the upright. They go on to lose the game in overtime. It was tough. Like, it was just tough for Justin Herbert because Anthony Lynn didn't look like he put him in a position to win the game. Yeah. So he didn't trust him at the end. I mean, Herbert's throwing some picks at the end of the games, but it looked like Lynn was just like, check the ball down, and then we're going to take a shot, and if you get it, you get it. If we don't, we're going to go to overtime. So that's what it was, and the Chargers lost. Let's move on to the running backs. Mike Davis been a great replacement for Christian McCaffrey everything that fantasy owners has wanted 16 for 89 9 for 60 and a touchdown through the air uh, he's going to get one more start I believe they said McCaffrey's going to go through some tests but Matt Rule doesn't think that he's going to make it back this week Todd Gurley the second 14 or Todd Gurley II 14 <laughs> for 121 what like I was off of Gurley what what do you think about this well, and now Matt Ryan's shitting the beds. I don't know what's going on. Somehow, somehow, Todd Gurley's going off, Matt Ryan's shitting the bed, but Kevin Ridley's still good. So, <laughs> so I don't know what in the world it's is happening Ryan's in Atlanta. It's not throwing touchdowns. I, I, this entire team is pissing me off. I don't know what's happening. Uh, they're, like, trailing games, but still with the run-heavy game script on a team that is... They like Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Obviously, Julio Jones did not play last week, and they, that hurt their overall passing game. But, jeez, like, Todd Gurley, 14 carries should not be, like, on a, on a normal day, that's not going to be enough to make him a, a top option. But in this game against the Panthers, it was. Um, Brian Hill's still taking touches, though. And I think against better teams, Todd Gurley's going to struggle. So he could be a sell-high candidate for sure. Yeah, I mean, they have Minnesota next week, so I think you're going to play him that game. Um, moving on, Miles Sanders had 11 for 80 and two touchdowns, but he also had a 74-yard run, so he was 10 for 6 apart from that run. We know that like these games against the Pittsburgh run defense are not going to be easy, so unless you have like a top 12 locked guy, I would still bench running backs against the Pittsburgh defense. Um, but just a little note on Sanders. I mean, I don't think you can trade low for him after that game. But the owners who have Sanders, just, like, be excited for his schedule. He's been through the gauntlet. He has, He's had to play the Rams, the Niners, and the and the Steelers in three of his first four games. After Baltimore, this is the rest of Miles Sanders' schedule. He plays the Giants, Dallas, then he has a bye. The Giants again, Cleveland, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona, and then Dallas in Week 16. That might be the best schedule of any running back. Yeah. It is... It's pretty positive game script, except for Baltimore here on out. So if you if he has a bad game against Baltimore, maybe trade low. But if you're the Miles Sanders owner, I would just just hold on through one more week. Just he's gonna be, and if you also if you have Sanders, pick up Boston Scott because if he goes out, Boston Scott could be a league winner with that schedule. Um, Absolutely. This Rams running attack, like Daryl Henderson, fifteen for thirty eight and one, three for thirty and one through the air. 
Mm-hmm. There's a good player every week out of it, but you don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, it's this so is, infuriating. Th- this is 2019 Niners just epitomized to the, the nth degree. It's just like, but even though they had Mostert, Coleman, and last year it was Brita, usually like, at, at a point it became Mostert most of the time. But like even when it was Mostert like, dominating the backfield, there were games when Coleman just got all the touches. And this is kind of what it looks like in, uh, in Los Angeles. Sean McVay said he's, he wants to ride the hot hand before the season, and it seems like he's not riding the hot hand. He's just pulling a name out of a hat every week. So, like even <laughs> when someone has Cam Akers next week, even when someone has a good game, he just doesn't play them the next week. I don't know what's going on with Sean McVay and this Rams offense. Um, they're playing well. They're effective. Jared Goff looked great, but. Um, I just you can't trust any of these running backs on a weekly basis. Miles Gaskin, uh, Jordan Howard was a, was a healthy scratch, and Gaskin got the uh, goal line carries. That's what we were all waiting for. Sixteen for fifty seven, one five for thirty four through the air. This guy's the top 20, 25 running back play every week with yeah. his volume. That's that's twenty one touches and five catches. Like PPR, he's a, he's great in PPR. Um, yeah, I, I think that he should be raw. I don't know if he's on any waiver wise, but he should be rostered in every league, and he's basically a must start in unless they're having a really bad matchup. Um, yeah. Chase Edmonds, I talked about him later. He was in my DFS bargain play. Eight touches, three for thirty six on the ground, one touchdown, five for fifty six through the air. This this target share is consolidated between DeAndre Hopkins and Chase Edmonds. That's literally it. That's the only two people yeah. Tyler Murray throws the ball to. Like Christian Kirk and Isabella get their catches, but it's just. What do you think about Chase Edmonds? Because I think he's a startable player. Well, I remember before the season, we, we talked about Cliff Kingsbury's quote that said, it was like, Edmonds is not just a backup, or it was something along those lines. And we were just viewing that in the context of Kenyon Drake. And what we were saying was, we still like Kenyon Drake, because Kenyon Drake doesn't need a ton of volume to be effective. Well, apparently he does, because Kenyon Drake is not beneficial on his touches, and Edmonds looks like the better running back, and at this point, like if I had Kenyon Drake, would I trade him for Edmonds straight up? Maybe honestly, really? like, like he Edmonds just looks like a better player right now. Um, we'll see what it looks like in the coming weeks. But if I if I have Drake, I'm panicking, and if I have Edmonds, I'm sitting tight. I wouldn't trade him for anything at this point. Yeah, he's, he's like you're not gonna get like enough value to to, to justify trading him. He looks yeah. great. Yeah, he does. Chase he passes the eye test for sure. Chase, this was the week of the chase. <laughs> chase Claypool. <laughs> I'm going to let you take this one away after I read off the stats. 7 for 110 and 3 through the air. Just a completely dominant performance. 3 for 6 and 1 on the ground. Will take it away because you were all over this in the in the off season. In the yeah, so in the in the off season I said, look, like Chase Claypool, he's the third option in the passing game. Are you going to be starting him when Juju and Deontay are healthy? Probably not. But I was like, this guy is a legit player. He's he's like a tight end in a receiver's body, size, speed. He has like everything you want. And I said, he's a late round sleeper because if one of those guys gets injured and he gets like a starting role, he will be great. And Deontay Johnson went down really early in the game. Claypool got in there. And even when Deontay Johnson was in the game, Claypool was getting involved. They're giving him carries. Like he's like a six five like big dude, and they're giving him carries. Yeah. Like like they want him involved. Uh, obviously, he's not going to put up four touchdowns every single week. But like, matchup with Cleveland on the docket 
if Deontay Johnson misses, I think Claypool's a easy start. Like flex yeah. wide receiver two play. And he looks awesome. He's having fun. Um, just looks like a, a physically dominant player. He's out in the field, and this is what I hope for. And I, I wish I had him in more leagues than I do because he's going to be the top waiver ad in every single week or in every single league this week. Just just one note before we move on. We talked about the Eagles struggling to guard tight ends, and that's why we liked Ebron this week. But Chase Claypool, you mentioned it, is basically a tight end in a wide receiver's body. Or right. maybe a wide receiver in tight end's body. It doesn't really matter. But he's lining up in the middle of the field in the slot a lot, and he was burnt. I saw on his last touchdown, Nathan Gary lined up against him. Barbecue yeah. chicken. Right. Most of his yeah, most of his uh, production came across the middle of the field, and that's where you burn this Eagles defense. So Yeah. Moving on to the yeah. Eagles. Travis Fulgham. Travis Fulgham. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. 10 for 152-1. and one. What? He's legit. He's, like, I I was like, well, when Alshon Jeffrey comes back, he's going to be the top option in his offense by default because they have no one else. They got someone else. They got Travis Fulgham. They got Travis Fulgham. I mean, we always see, like, one Eagles receiver break out because they always have so many injuries. Like, last year, Greg Ward had some good games. But Fulgham, man, I mean, if Alshon Jeffrey legit. doesn't come back, you got to play him, right? I think so. He looks legit. I don't. Ten I, I, catches. I, it almost seems like too good to be true, but like, like thought from the eye test, he looked like a dominant receiver out there. Yeah. So Brand, that was that yeah. was kind of bizarre. Brandon Cooks, eight for one sixty one and one after he goosed. I. <sighs> this just was a confused. Like, what do we do about this? I don't know. I, I think Bill Ryan, Bill O'Brien's probably patting himself on the back, saying, "Haha, I traded a second round pick for that guy." <laughs> so uh, I, I, I think that like. Brandon Cooks will have games that are good because the passing volume in Houston is just so high. You're never yeah. going to be able to predict it. No. So if you want to be able to predict when he has that two or three boom games the rest of the year, he'll probably have two more th- or three more games like this. He, he's a talented guy. But you're going to have to play him every week, and you're going to have to ride with those five for 20 that <laughs> he's going to have too, or those one for nine. Like, I just just – I'm sometimes you just can't play the guys who are going to go off and you have to live with it because nobody else is going to play them as well. Right. Adam Thielen, he was Will's start of the week. Uh, he's the number two receiver in fantasy right now. Nine for 80 and two. Just living in my nightmares, scoring 29 points against me. Um, <laughs> he looks great. He looks great. There were some concerns because of how high we thought this um, run rush attack was going to be for Minnesota, but their defense is awful, forcing them to throw the ball. And Thielen has just had a lot of good matchups and he's capitalized. And Justin Jefferson didn't get any uh, volume in all this game. It all went to Thielen. Yeah. Before the season, I liked Thielen. And what I, my argument was, this is a team that they're, they're built to run the football. And we know that. But, like, that's, that's their offensive personnel. But I was like, this defense, they've got so many holes, so much youth. And I'm like, even though they're built to run the football, they're not going to be able to run the football mm-hmm. as much as they did last year. And... Um, obviously Justin Jefferson has been good this year, but Adam Thielen is easily the top option in this pass yeah. offense. And in any game where they need to pass the ball at least like 30 times, he's going to be wide receiver one. Yeah. Um, so if you have him in your leagues, don't trade him or like just, just ride, ride this right now because, um, this is not a fluke. He's going to be doing this week in, week out. Yeah. All right. Mike Williams, five for one Oh nine and two. And I picked him up in the middle of the week because I had an open bench spot 
um, after Chris Godwin was ruled out, and like he was questionable on on like Sunday morning, and they and he was projected zero points, so I just dropped him, and then he just does this, and now he's on my waiver wire. Hopefully, he goes through the bye week without being picked up, and then I can add him next week. But this is if Keenan Allen misses any time, this is the number one option for the Chargers offense, and he is yeah. so talented. But, okay, on the forty nine yard catch to set up the. So he had two touchdowns, but the best catch that he had the entire game was on the 49-yard catch that set up the field goal that was missed. Mike Williams has these catches. Like, he's a top three contested catch guy in the league, in my opinion. He has these catches where he just falls on his back and he gets hurt, but it's an amazing catch and sets up a... It was in triple coverage. And then on the top... Like, when he burned... Um, who is it? Who is this uh, Saints second cornerback, number 21? Um Damn, I can't is like remember. is like CJ Gardner Johnson. I don't even know. Maybe, but um, he just burned him, and Herbert threw it right in the bread basket. And with Herbert at quarterback, there's always going to be shots taken with Mike Williams. We saw him go down the field in week five or week four with like Tyron Johnson, Jalen Guyton. So when he has Mike Williams, just a much better downfield player than those two guys. Like he he's can go off and do this any given week with his skill set. Yeah. Um, DK Metcalf, six for ninety three and two. <laughs> God, it, like I asked this question to a friend, does DK Metcalf has a ceiling? Have a ceiling at all? Russell Wilson doesn't think so. Yeah, he's I mean, so talented. He's he's getting touchdowns like every week. Um, obviously in, the, in in the preseason, I was like I have Metcalf and Lockett very close, and after the first couple weeks, I was like they're both playing awesome, but Lockett's getting more volume, so I was like I felt good about having Lockett higher, but Metcalf has overtaken him. And like that's, he, that's why I had Matt, I had Metcalf higher, because I he, I had Metcalf projected for eleven talent. touchdowns this year. Yeah, he's a he's a superior talent. They're both obviously weekly starts, but yeah. but Metcalf, he looks just absurdly amazing. And just to th- make fun of Cardinals and Eagles fans, they took Andy Isabella and JJ Arthiga Whiteside before the Seahawks took DK Metcalf in the draft. I mean, the Patriots <laughs> took Nikhil Harry. So. That too. Uh, Jamison Crowder, 8 for 116 and 1. He's had 7 catches and over 100 yards in every single game. Yeah, he's so legit. I think he's a he's a wide receiver 23 through 3 games that he's played. He missed 1, uh, or missed 2 games. I think he's the must-start. Like, he is too. He is that entire offense right now. Yeah. Um, Chris Herndon's getting nothing. And he, this like they have to... Someone's going to get the ball, and Crowder's been that guy. So you can play Crowder. Emmanuel Sanders, 12 for 122. <laughs> what? Yeah. Just check down after check down after check down, and it resulted in 12 catches for 122 yards, and the Saints win. Um, Preston Williams, you talked about him a little bit earlier. Four for 106 and one. This is a guy that should be a pickup in your league. This was against a tough defense, and they're going to have easier matchups in the future. He he's, gets a lot of looks from Fitzpatrick. I feel like he's getting a touchdown target every week. Um, this yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, like before the season, um, we had Devonte Parker ranked somewhere around like wide receiver twenty-five to like thirty in that range, I think, and that was lower than a lot of people had him. And the reason was because I was like, I'm not sure he's better than Preston Williams. And right now, Parker looks good, but Preston Williams looks like the best receiver on this team, and he should be owned absolutely in all leagues. Yeah, Henry Ruggs two for one eighteen and one. Yes, sir. Played him in DFS this week. How about that? Really? That was nice. Uh, What is that? 59 yards per catch? Yeah. What is that? that Just absolute bomb of a catch. 
64 yeah. yards a catch or some shit like that. I can't do math right now. But you're, you're, you're at the first time, but... 59, my bad. Yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> moving on to the flops and the drops. So I, I'm going to combine these segments because usually these, these guys fall into the same... I'm dropping Matt Ryan. I'm done. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Lamar Jackson has flopped multiple times. Obviously, we're not dropping him, but he's falling into this flop section. Is this the consistent theme with Lamar Jackson? He only has one game that he's, like, boomed in this whole year. I don't know. It just it doesn't seem... The rushing volume that we expected just doesn't seem to be there right now. Um, and admittedly, I haven't watched these Ravens games enough to know what's going on because they haven't been very competitive for the most part, except that Chiefs game. Yeah. But, I mean, if you have him, you have to keep playing him and hope he, he bounces back. But it just it's kind of weird to see. Like, the team is doing so well, but he's somehow not doing as well, which is kind of a, a weird phenomenon. Hopefully he bounces back. So... I feel like Daryl Henderson Jr. was in this was in this category last week, but now it's Malcolm Brown because Malcolm Brown didn't have the quote-unquote hot hand. I don't want to talk about this Rams run game anymore, so we're just going to move on. Jarek yeah. McKinnon, after being a top 24 play through the first four weeks, completely goosed on the ground this week, had a total of 2.5 points in PPR. It was awful, and he was started in most leagues because most of it was supposed to be limited. It was a good matchup. Like, what are you, what are you supposed to do with Jarek McKinnon? I mean, definitely, was, this is a weird game. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo completely shit the bed. Um, the Dolphins played amazing. Um, but but I had McKinnon in a league, and he, ESPN, he's projected for like 11 points, something like that. I benched him. I was like, I don't trust this. And he was just, just really, really bad. And I think as Moster gets more healthy, McKinnon's someone you still want on your bench because if Moster goes down again, we saw what McKinnon's upside is. But but McKinnon as just the passing down back is not worth starting. Yeah. Josh Kelly. Like, I feel like Josh Kelly has gotten progressively worse every week. And it, it, I, don't, I thought, like, with Eckler, I would be better for him as the goal yeah. line back and as the first and second down primary back. But he just can't get it going. And that's kind of why the Chargers lost this game. He, like, not to put it on him, but Josh Kelly's fumble lost the Chargers – or turn the game around two weeks ago against Tampa Bay. They could have gone into halftime 24-7 instead of they go right. into halftime 24-14. Um, and he couldn't get it going in the middle of the fourth quarter when they needed to hold the ball and run the ball. And, like, I don't know what's wrong with Josh Kelly. After the first two weeks were great, he's just looked awful in the past few weeks. Yeah. Tyler Lockett, another bad week. Uh, you're just going to roll with the punches with Tyler Lockett. He'll be back in the future. Juju yeah. Smith-Schuster is... What do you think about this? Because I don't think Juju's going to be a Steeler next year. But for the present, what do we think? I mean, I always... Like, I had the concern going into the year. I was like, what's his role going to be? We know Ben likes him. But there's really not that much volume for him. He's been getting some touchdowns in recent weeks, which has kind of kept them afloat. But I I listed him as a, as a top trade candidate, like trading him away, because I thought Deontay Johnson was going to, like, kind of keep ascending in the offense because Deontay Johnson's getting like 10 targets a week well Deontay Johnson goes hurt so that's going to be good for Juju right no Chase Claypool is stepping up it seems like um the injuries to other guys aren't affecting Juju he's just kind of locked in as like a, a low-end wide receiver two high-end flex um and if you can get more more than that in terms of value for him I would trade him but I don't see a lot of upside on a weekly basis for Juju yeah okay so Terry McLaurin 
three for 26, didn't catch a ball in the second half. Uh, he was a wide receiver at 11 through the first four weeks of the season. Um, I mean, I feel like you still got to roll with him. But I do want to point one thing out. The Red or the Washington football team has the Giants in the docket, and the Giants are the 25th pass defense. However, James Bradbury has been locking up wide receivers. Locked up Amari Cooper last week, only had 4.1 fantasy points. The only bad game Allen Robinson has had was against James Bradbury. So we know this Giants defense isn't great, but the top receiver usually doesn't have his best game against James Bradbury. McLaurin's going to be in my lineups, but just temper expectations for sure. Yeah. Um, DJ yeah. Chark got hurt, but he got hurt later in the game, and he was awful. Three for 16. Um, Bradley Roby, again, another cornerback who's just locking guys up in an offense, I mean, in a defense that looks like it has some upsides. I would just play, like, second receivers against this team. Keelan Cole had a nice game. LaVisca Chanel had a nice game. And what is their other receiver's name? Johnson? What's his first name? I don't even know. All right, well, he had um, a decent game, too. I'm going to keep beating the drum on this. Um, he's made two of my waiver columns on Bet the Nerds. LaVisca Chenault needs to be owned. Like, yeah, people need I to pick him, him up. I played him in DraftKings this week. He was great for me. He is a extremely talented player. Um, they love getting him the ball. Whenever he does get the ball, he's making the absolute most out of his touches. And he's for some reason, he's still only owned in 32% of ESPN leagues, and he needs to be owned a lot more. So if he's available in your league, pick him up. Because he... Especially Chark going down, he's going to be a weekly starter, in my opinion. I think Chark in the lineup helps him out more. But, just because it Maybe. opens the field. But, yeah, he'll still have the volume, for sure. Debo Samuel, awful Tough. again. We thought it would be better in the second week. Maybe he's going to get more targets. Just didn't. I Like, are we dropping this is Debo a, Samuel? This, this no, 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 no. This is, a, this is a really bad game. I would... I'm not sure if fluky is the right word, but... The Niners will be better. Jimmy will be better in the future. So I'm not going to overreact from this game. Uh, Debo didn't look great, but no one on this team looked great. So I, I'm going to I'm gonna pump the brakes on that. Zach Ertz is washed. <laughs> one catch Maybe. on six targets. This, and he also, okay, on the one catch, he almost got in the end zone. But like a 5'9", 185-pound cornerback was able to solo tackle him to stop the touchdown. How do you let that happen? Is he hurt? Maybe like, what? I don't. Do I don't know. Have any diagnosis on the Zach Ertz situation at all? I didn't really watch that much of that game, but he he doesn't look like a great player. I know Goddard's injured, but Goddard looked better than Ertz when he was on the field. Um, I'm not gonna call him washed, but it just he's not a top tight end option anymore. Um, he's worse than guys like Hunter Henry, I think. Yeah. Uh, and you're you're gonna keep starting him because he's Zach Ertz. But if you can get any sort of like like good value for him, I would trade him based on his name value right now. Um, we don't usually like the uh, like the term sell low because usually you want to sell high on players. But he might be someone where you actually do want to sell low. Yeah, get just, just, get out while you get, still can. Right, because um, it, it really does not look good for Zach Ertz okay. right now. Zach Ertz or Johnny Smith the rest of the season. Um, I would I would probably go Ertz, but it's close. Okay, um, I think Ertz can be a little more consistent. Zach Ertz or Mike Gesicki rest of the season. I would still probably go with Ertz. My, Mike Gesicki has the most red zone targets than anybody in the NFL right now. Yeah, I would still probably go Ertz, but um, just based on the volume that he should get on a weekly basis. But um, 
that by next week I could be saying otherwise. We'll see. Yeah, true. All right, let's move on to the cops. Carson Wentz, like, I, I highlighted Miles Sanders' schedule, but if you didn't know, Carson Wentz shares the same schedule as Miles Sanders. <laughs> so Baltimore, I don't even think that that's going to be an awful game, but if it is, you can wait a week, and he's not going to be picked up. No one wants to play him against Baltimore. You're not going to pick up a waiver quarterback to not play him. But if you want to pick him up, if you have an open roster, roster spot, I'm picking him up and I'm dropping Matt Ryan. Um, I think that Carson Wentz is a league-winning quarterback if you're if you're a streaming quarterback guy. He gets New Orleans, Arizona, and Dallas in the playoffs. New Orleans was just torn apart by Justin Herbert. Dallas has been torn apart by everybody, including Daniel Jones. So just I would I would just watch out for Carson Wentz. And I know the, tar- the targets aren't there, but Deshaun Jackson should be re- returning soon. Alshon Jeffrey could be making his debut in week six. I, like, I think that Carson Wentz is definitely a good quarterback moving forward. What do you think about Wentz? Yeah, I like him too. Obviously, I like Sanders as well, but um, I think it's going to depend on the touchdowns and who they go to. But Because um, I think Wentz is going to have the volume over the rest of the season. He's going to put up like 250 to 300 yards a game. But the thing that's been really missing this so far this season has been the touchdowns. And... If he can, if he can get two, two touchdowns a game, he should be a top option every week. Yeah, and the pass protections. So some of the teams that he's gonna play don't have great pass rushes, which will help him out too. Because like he's been playing teams with really good pass rushes, and with that offensive line's right. like health issues right now, it's just not pretty. Chase or Ryan Fitzpatrick also needs to like he's a great waiver wire option. Just play yeah. him if you don't have another option. Chase Claypool, we gotta talk about this. So is he if? Alexander Madison is not available. Is Chase Claypool the number one waiver option? I think he is. I mean, yeah. out, of, out of everyone that's less than 40% owned on ESPN, he's the person I would prioritize the most. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, He's a fantastic player. Weekly upside, we just saw it. And I think he's going to be involved enough that he's going to have a, a solid floor as well. I If I am able to get him with DK Metcalf on a bye in one of my leagues, I'm probably going to start him. Um, yeah. Travis Fulgham, like, he'll, if you have, like, the sixth waiver priority, that's where you're probably going to pick him up because you're not going to get Madison, you're not going to get Claypool, you're not going to get Chase Edmonds if he's still available. So if you, like, I wouldn't pick up Fulgham unless I need a wide receiver to start. Is that where you're at with this too? Baltimore, he has Baltimore. He's going to be guarded by um, Marcus Peters, Marshawn Lattimore. So that's not... Mar- Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Marlon Humphrey, not Marshall Lattimore. My bad. Thank you. Okay. Um, so I don't think I'm going to start him, but what do you think? Yeah, I wouldn't start him next week. He's someone that, if he's the best option, you can kind of stash him on your bench, see what happens. But we'll we'll see what happens going forward. We'll see if this is a fluke or not. Alshon Jeffrey returns to he he was a, a part, like what's it called a limited participant in practice all throughout last week. Didn't make his debut. Is if Alshon Jeffrey makes his debut, like I think he should be owned in all leagues with that schedule that I just mentioned from the Eagles. Right. And I don't think you can start him at all. No. Right away, he's going to have that Baltimore matchup, but then probably get James Bradbury in Week Seven. But he definitely should be owned in all leagues with the wide receiver options in in Philadelphia as scarce as they are. Alshon Jeffrey will get targets. Yeah, and you just have to own him, see what happens, and if he looks awful, then you drop him and there's no real consequence to it. But he's someone you should at least give a chance to. If Go look at your waiver wires. If Jameson Crowder's available, pick him up right now. I don't think he is, but just had to be mentioned. 
Mike Williams. I don't know. How do you feel about rostering Mike Williams through the bye? Because I think if you have a spot, you can definitely do it. I think he's going to be this a very good option, a viable flex option in many of these matchups going forward with the deep ball volume that Herbert likes to throw. I mean, the reason we were so against the Chargers in the preseason was that Terod Taylor is not a high-volume passing quarterback. Right. But Herbert seems to be exactly that. So um, I think he, he he's throwing enough to sustain two options. I think in most weeks it's going to be Keenan Allen, and I think it's going to be Mike Williams. So I don't know if he's going to be like a, a top 20 option, but I think he's at least flex-viable. And with all these injuries that are happening around the league, having a guy you can just kind of plug in as a flex on a weekly basis is a really nice thing to have. So he's someone I, I love rostering. Alexander Madison. So they play Atlanta. Just a beautiful matchup. He's three down back for an, an offense that's going need, to need to move the ball. Um, yeah, he's the best plug and play for this So week. they have a bye in week seven. But even though you're only going to get one week of Alexander Madison, I still think he's the best play. He, he's a, a lock for 15 plus points. Um, yeah, and then I don't know how he would be available if anybody has Dalvin Cook. Like that would just be yeah. not smart of you. To Ernest Johnson, I still think like he's a decent pickup if you have Kareem Hunt, and he's still available because Nick Chubb is still set to miss four to five more weeks, and if Kareem Hunt misses any time, Ernest Johnson will be a perfect replacement. Uh, Chase Edmonds, we touched on him earlier. His with a passing volume, I think he can be added in all leagues and can be started in deeper leagues. Um, and then the Dolphins defense, we'll mention in his. Uh, column on the waiver wire um, ads, but this this Dolphins defense is decent, and they get the Jets. So, what else do you need? They are legitimately a, a top five waiver priority. Yeah, and like I I have never put a defense that high in my priorities until now because they're there's a like a pretty decent chance they force multiple turnovers and. A, a non-zero chance they get a touchdown too. Like they could have a monster game that can actually win you a week. Yeah. So they're definitely a top ad. Okay, we have a few minutes left, Will. I just want to run some names by you. I want you to give me a temperature check. What is your temperature right now on Lamar Jackson? Uh, a little below lukewarm, I would say. Okay. Can you? Um, I don't. Okay. Uh. Not ice cold, but um. A little chilly. A little, chilly. a little chilly. Okay, okay. David Montgomery, he had a, he had a very good week fantasy wise. Volume was there, but the he got saved by a touchdown. Oh, I'm I'm not worried about him at all. I would say, um, little little sixty five seventy degrees. Yeah, I'm, I mean some good. of these you can be happy about. Ronald Jones, are you happy with Ronald Jones with Leonard Fournette coming back? Is Jones still the starter? Like, are you going to start him against Green Bay? I think you are. And then quickly on Montgomery, like that Tampa run defense just destroys everyone mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm i'm not gonna look into that but ronald jones yeah as i think he's still a solid option he was also going against a very good defense in the bears so i'm not gonna take too much out of that game Th- those are still too too locked in at least at least flex plays at minimum so they're still good what do you do about julio jones Oof. i mean he's been missing time but uh i think you have to write it out Definitely would rather have Calvin Ridley than him right now. I mean, you're not going to get any value that you want from a trade. So Yeah, yeah. you, you don't want to sell low on Julio Jones. Um, I think when he comes back, he should be fine. But Matt Ryan also does not look very good, so we'll see. Jarvis Landry. 
He saved his week four performance with a touchdown throw to Odell. But I, this is why I had Jarvis Landry ranked behind guys like Darius Slayton. There's just no ceiling with Jarvis Landry. And I thought Odell would be the wide receiver one. Landry was wide receiver one last year. But I think this is, like, I would never start Landry. I, didn't I just, Landry, Landry had a good week this week, though, didn't he? It wasn't, it was like a 12-point week. That's what he should be getting. But you, you don't want to start. Like, it was like three, I, I remember at one point he would be like three for 80. But, um, I would rather Landry, start, there's like, pick up guys who would I'd rather start who have a much higher ceiling every week I agree but also Jarvis Landry is the best quarterback on his team too so that helps <laughs> all right T.Y. Hilton we talked about the Indianapolis Colts passing attack I don't want to start Hilton ice cold is, is this is like a, a like I'm dropping cry, I'm dropping T.Y. Hilton this is like a, a cryotherapy chamber whatever it's called just like like Antonio Brown feet kind of thing like this this is awful would you drop T.Y. Hilton to pick up Travis Fulgham I dropped to Hilton, period. So. Okay, okay, okay. To pick up the there Dolphins' defense. There we go. Yes. Tyler Higby. He is basically Mark Andrews without the name Mark Andrews. Yep. Like, and he doesn't score as many touchdowns. So, what do you think about Higby? I mean, th- this is why I was so high on Darren Waller. It's like, Darren Waller isn't going to have those games where he gets like three or four touchdowns. But he has such a consistent volume in the offense. He's going to get like 5 to 12 catches a game. And Higby and Mark Andrews are not those guys. When they score touchdowns, they will win you weeks, and when they don't, they will lose you weeks. Yeah. And I don't like I don't like playing guys like that. It's, it it doesn't feel good to play. And if I have Higby and I can trade him, I would. And if I had Andrews and I can trade him, I also would cuz I just I just don't like that kind of roller coaster. And I feel like people right now, with Mark Andrews at least, would give you a decent amount. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We covered a lot on today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed. And we will uh, see you for Thursday's show. Bye.